Everyone wants to make the most of their life. Pastor and teacher Dr. Bill Galarakis of Columbia Road Baptist Church guides us into that focused and meaningful Christian life that will make a difference today and for eternity. Get ready for our next episode of Changing Lives, Changing Eternities. Here's Pastor Bill. Many people speak with me about the worry that they face in their lives, the anxiety that they face, the stress that they face. And if there was one thing that they would want to be different in their lives, it would be to worry less. So the question is, how do God's children deal with anxiety? How do God's children deal with worry? Is it any different than how an unsaved person, a non-believing person would deal with anxiety? And there's all sorts of voices out there that tell you what you ought to do with your worries, some of them very destructive. People tell you to numb it through alcohol or drug use. People will tell you to shop your way out of it with so-called retail therapy. Some people will tell you to eat your feelings, and when you're nervous, you can go and indulge in something to take your mind off of it, and a nice hit from that sugar rush is just the answer. Some people will tell you, well, just don't think about it, or, or it's natural to worry, so just it's a part of life, and there's, there's no way to get out of it. I want you to know that God's word says this in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse number three, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. I know people that are looking to just worry a little bit less or to have some sort of breathing technique or some sort of mental trick that they can use when they find themselves overwhelmed. But here we're promised in God's word something far greater than that, and that is perfect peace. Do you think it's possible in this life to have that kind of peace? The word of God says we can have it. Now, who gets this? It talks about the person whose mind is stayed, is planted on, is fixed on God. And when that person's mind is fixed on God, God will give him, he will keep him, he will guard him in perfect peace. Why? Because that person trusts in God. And worry is really the opposite of trust, isn't it? Worry is actually telling God, you cannot handle this, God, or you won't handle this. Worry, at its core, doubts God's power or it doubts God's commitment to us. It's very easy for us to say, no, I would never doubt God's power. If you're one of God's children, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you believe that God is able to save your soul from all of your sins, to give you eternal life, out of eternal damnation has rescued you, and you say, I, I absolutely believe that God can handle those things. But what about the everyday problems of life? What about your financial problems? What about the relationship in your life that is so stressful, it's just hard to not think about it? But when you do think about it, all you want to do is actually avoid that person instead of having any solution to it. Maybe your mind wanders back to things that you've done or said and you worry about how people took that. And you replay it over and over and over again. At the heart of it, worry is a lack of trust in God, and it's actually sinful. People might say, I just, I just can't help but worry. That's a part of who I am. I am a worrier. It may be true that some people are more prone to worry than others, in the same way that some people perhaps have a worse 
temper than others, and it's hard for them to control their anger. Or some people are impatient, or some people are more jealous, or they deal with lots of lusts. This is the whole idea of besetting sins, which is somewhat out of our discussion today, outside of our discussion today. But at the end of the day, I want you to know that you don't have to be bowed down with care and worry all the time. God wants you and I to have perfect peace. So how should God's people deal with it? It's easy to get overwhelmed, especially in recent years. As we look back to 2020 and how the beginning of 2021 is shaping up, there were so many things that happened that were outside of our control. I remember thinking, okay, back in March of 2020, this year, this is unusual. We're going to shut down for a couple of weeks. And then after that, we'll be, we'll be right back to business as, as normal, right? Do you remember the whole thing where they say two weeks, two weeks to slow the spread? Well, here we are um, coming up on almost a year later at the recording of this, the time of this recording, and things still haven't gone back to normal. And there are businesses that have gone under, and people have lost their jobs, and some people have lost their lives, and some people have gotten sick, and they've lost some of their health, maybe permanently, or at least have a long road to walk back. There's a number of people that became discouraged and quit ministry, a number of people just up and quit church. If the statistics are to be believed, about one in five people over the course of 2020 just decided to quit church and not come back. That doesn't mean that they decided to go online and just worship online instead of in person. They're just done. Is that you? Did things happen that were so out of your control and you were so worried that you just gave up on all of it? Well, maybe you've seen the picture of the circle of control and the circle of concern. Uh, The circle of control is a tiny circle, and the circle of concern is a much bigger circle that includes inside of it our circle of control. The, th- the circle of control, the things that you and I can control in life, what we can actually put our hands to and change, that is very, very small. And 2020 proved how small that is. We don't have much control over the things that happen in our lives. And it's a little bit scary to realize the things that we love the most, the people that we love the most, what's most important to us, we really have very little control over that. And this year showed us Maybe you buried a loved one. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe your life and its course was disrupted in some way. And it was precious to you, whatever was changed and affected, but you really couldn't do anything about it. And so there are many things that are of great concern to us, that our minds go to, that we really have no control over it. So what do you do when you realize you don't have control? What do you do when you realize that you do not have control? In that moment of helplessness, one of two things will happen. Either you'll remember God or you'll forget God. You'll come to a place where something is precious to you and you can't make it any better. You can't fix that person's life. You can't take away that illness. You can't restore that broken relationship. Someone that you love is hurt or maybe even someone that you love has left your life. And there's nothing that you can earthly do to fix it. If you remember God in that moment, you can have perfect peace. But in that moment, if you forget God, you will be reduced to worry and anxiety and planning and scheming. Let me talk a little bit about what that might look like. For example, I want you to think about 
getting that phone call that a loved one in your life is now very ill and they're in the hospital. And the doctors don't know which way it's going to go. They don't know if recovery is around the corner or if this person is going to end up losing their life to whatever this problem is. And here you and I are, and in this day and age, we can't even go to the hospital to be with our loved ones. But you're in that moment of worry. You love that person. You want that person to recover desperately. But what can you actually do, barring some unusual chance that you're a healthcare provider at the exact location where they're at, and they probably would not have you caring for your relative in that way anyway, barring that, you and I probably don't have access to them physically speaking. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it says, Be careful for nothing. Not careful in the sense of watching what we do to make sure we don't make a mistake and say, oh, be careful with that, don't drop it. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about being full of cares, weighed down with things that you care about that are heavy. This is about being anxious. And the word of God here is instructing you and I to be anxious for nothing. Now, that sounds, that sounds wonderful. Thank you, Bible. I didn't know that. You say, if it was that easy, I would have just stopped worrying a long time ago. You say, thank you so much. I, I, I will now go and be careful for nothing. Thank you, Pastor Bill. Well, we know that that's what it says, but how? Here's the how. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What's this verse talking about? A person who remembers God in that moment of that great anxiety, of that great worry, of that great trouble, they're going to go to God in prayer. It says everything by prayer and supplication. Big things, small things. Things we understand, things we don't understand. And I know we call things big and small, but which one of your problems is big to God? Honestly, which one of your problems does God look at and scratch his head and say, oh boy, I don't know what we're going to do about that. That's a big one. There's no problem in my life and there's no problem in your life that has caught God unaware or that has put God in a position where he is unable to do his will towards it. Remember, God's will is always the best thing to pray for in any situation because everything God does, all of his will, is born out of his love and his wisdom and his holiness. He will always do right, and he will always do the very best thing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The person who hears about the tragedy or has the worry goes to God in prayer and leaves that concern with the Lord, knowing that they've asked God to care for it. What's on the other end of that? Well, after you do that, it says, the peace of God which passeth all understanding. So a peace that is so all-encompassing, so rock-solid and steady, you don't really understand it. People would look at you knowing that that loved one that you have is in the hospital, hanging in the balance, and they would expect you to be a wreck. They would expect you to be unmoored, unanchored, blown about, completely unstable because of the seriousness of the situation. And yet if this peace of God was ruling in your life, they would look at you and they'd scratch their head and they'd say, how can you be so calm during this? How can you not be worried? 
Don't you know how serious this is? Don't you know what's going to happen if this goes sideways? They're not going to understand it if they don't know the Lord. It says that the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, to keep it, to guard it, to protect it. It will keep you from the gnawing doubt and worry that comes at us again and again. It protects us from those things because we've left it with God. Now, if we don't leave it with God, all we have is what we can do, which we've already said is nothing. We already said that this is a situation in which it is in our circle of concern, but outside of our circle of control. And so we'll be eaten up with worry and stress and anxiety. That's what happens if we forget God. But when we remember him, when we're able to commit that to God in prayer and we're able to leave that in his hands, knowing that he's going to do the best thing, we can have peace because it's truly out of our hands. I'm an anxious flyer. I'm an anxious flyer. I fly. I realize that it's probably safer than driving my car around, statistically speaking. But when I get into a plane, it makes me uncomfortable and take off and landing and you just look out the window and you see how high up you are and all sorts of thoughts go through your mind. But at the end of the day, once you get into that commercial airliner and you're, you've pulled away from the jetway, and especially once that gets into the air, you really have very little control. Everything is honestly in the hands of the pilot and the other members of the flight crew. There's nothing that you can really do in order to alter that situation. So either you're going to rest and trust that the pilot knows what he's doing, or you're going to sit there worried, upset, out of control, the whole flight, white-knuckled, gripping onto the seats, when there's honestly nothing you can do to keep that plane in the air one way or the other. Now, in our lives, it's not just some well-trained human pilot that's in charge of what's going on. It is God himself who makes no mistake, who does all things for his glory and for our good, who has promised to work all things together for good, who has shown his great commitment to you and I by sending his own son to die on the cross for us. And if he is willing to give us his own son, how shall he not give us all things else that we would need? What more can God do to prove that he's on our side? And he is truly in control. And when we remember that and the great stresses and even the little stresses of our lives, we can have peace and not be run and owned by our worry. I want you to know that anxiety, worry, those are things that I personally struggle with. There's a number of things in the Christian life that by God's grace, they don't regularly bother me. But there are other things that do. And one of them is worry. I want to be in control. I want to know what's going to happen next. And I am not in control and I don't get to know what happens next. The good news is God is in control and he does know what's going to happen next. And I can trust him. But if I get my eyes off of him, even for a little while, if I start to doubt his character, if I can't trust him through it, I will become anxious. And I'll start to think about how I can solve the problem and what I can do to change things. And oftentimes, all I do is make it worse when I try and do it in my own strength instead of trusting God. I make a mess of things. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've made a mess of things when you're anxious. I understand that there's therapy that people can go through, and there's been great value in that. I've been through some of those processes myself. There's medicine that people take, and it's been very helpful. 
And I'm not against that at all. But I want you to know that God's people have a whole different foundation for why they have peace. It's not because we numb things, numb ourselves to the things that are around us. It's not because we block them out. It's not because we tell ourselves things that are not true. It's because we can look at the world as is bad as it might seem and as terrible as things are and know that God is still in control. And not just in control, but is committed to us. One of my, my teachers says that God loves us too much to be reckless with our lives. I think what he said was that God is too wise to be mistaken and he loves us too much to be reckless with our lives. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? If you don't believe that, I want to point you back to the cross where Jesus Christ died for our sins and to the empty tomb where he rose again from the grave. If you ever wonder if God is really for you and if he'll really do the things that he's promised he'll do for you, when you start to doubt his character, look at what he's done for you. King David was in a very discouraging place in his life. He had been promised great things by God, but his life had been hardships. He'd, he'd done the right things. He had been faithful to his king and faithful to his God, and yet now his king was after him. And David was being treated like a criminal, and people were complaining at him, the, those that had followed him, and, and he encouraged himself in the Lord. What is that? It's remembering God and all that he's done, and to rehearse that in your mind. If you read through the book of Psalms in the Old Testament, you'll notice that time and time again, there's a pattern seen where the psalmist is crying out to God and is in worry and is just perplexed because it seems like the wicked man is winning and it seems like God is angry with him and he he worries that he's going to go under, he's going down into the pit. You ever been there? You ever felt like you were going under, that you were just overwhelmed? But in the middle of many of these psalms, it turns because the psalmist remembers God. And now the situation hasn't necessarily changed yet, but their their attitude towards the situation has changed because they know that God is going to work. This is not just some mental exercise where we tell ourselves happy little truths that aren't real. This is resting in the reality that God is in control. Our circle of control is tiny and our circle of concern is big, But God's circle of control has no limits and no bounds. And he can and is working for your good and for his glory. So back to the promise in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. How do we get our mind stayed on God to have this perfect peace? We trust in him. We rest in him. We rely on his character. We rely on his character. When you can't understand what he's doing, trust his heart. Trust his heart. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If you don't have a prayer life, I don't blame you for being nervous. I don't blame you for being anxious or for being worried. But I want you to know, Christian, you have access to the throne of God in prayer through Jesus Christ himself. We can now come boldly before God's throne in prayer. We don't have to sneak in there and beg just some little blessing from God every once in a while. We have been invited in, and our high priest, the Lord Jesus, our intermediary on our behalf, the one who argues our case before God, we have full access 
And so I want to encourage you to give yourself in those moments of anxiety, to give yourself over to God and his great control, his great concern and commitment for you, trusting that he's working in these things so that when you are out of control, a situation is out of control, you'll remember God. And in that moment, you'll have perfect peace. Thanks for tuning in to Changing Lives, Changing Eternities. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast to catch our next episode. To hear even more of God's Word, we invite you to join us this Sunday either in person at Columbia Road Baptist Church, North Olmsted, Ohio, or online at columbiaroad.org slash live, YouTube, or through our mobile app. Make sure you like us on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Remember, let's be more than hearers. Let's be doers. Live out the truth of God's Word this week, and you'll change people's lives and their eternities. Until next time, thanks for listening, and may God bless you.